0: guys welcome back to the flag hunting Pack podcast nascar edition for the first time in two weeks uh unfortunately no golf show for us for the byron nelson uh but i do have my article article that just got released uh this afternoon so if you guys are interested in my thoughts on the golf tournament this week uh you can find a few thousand words on that site there but this but tonight is about the main events between our two sports um respectfully even the most avid golf fans i think are to kind of just taking byron nelson as a bit of a um is an hors for what the main course is next week. Uh, not the case in the NASCAR world, as we have uh, the Goodyear 400, the first of two races at Darlington. Me and Chris will be in attendance. That's half the reason why I'm, why I'm down here in North Carolina. Um, but, yeah, Chris, back in NASCAR for the first time in a couple weeks. I know uh, pretty eventful week last week in Kansas. I've, I missed the entire race. I was at Hollow watching Xander get big body by Wyndham Clark uh, and uh, didn't go so well for the card, or at least the outright card, um, pretty similar, I guess, fate in the end with a, with a pair of solo seconds for the, for the boys. So, uh, walk us through kind of just the race as a whole. Like I, there's only so much you can gather from the highlight package. So I, I want to know kind of some things you learned. I feel like on a, like a cookie cutter mile and a half intermediate, um, it, it just gives you a, maybe a better sense of where these cars and these teams are at as comparison, as compared to like a short track or a super speedway that we've been at the past few weeks. So, um, who impressed you, who maybe disappointed you. And then obviously some thoughts on that final, uh, battle between larson and ham at the end
1: yeah so i would say uh betting aside probably the best race of the year so far um and it's reflective of that in jeff gluck's poll i think he got 93 percent, which is the highest of the year yeah i think number nine all time i think is what he said um yeah i mean honestly fun race like a lot of comers and goers we had 11 different leaders um i was trying to look up how many different oh 37 different lead changes um, which is absurd um, there was you know points during that race where you had like four guys within you know two three car lengths of each other like two on the high high lane two on the low lane kind of working each other um, but yeah I'd say for the most part it was uh, JGR versus Hendrick Day <laughs> um, that's I guess kind of what we expected but at the same time like actually seeing it play out play out that way was pretty interesting a lot of, but still like even though it was those two teams still a lot of comers and goers because you had you know, Hamlin out front for a lot and Larson out front for a lot. Um, Byron was out there at the front at the beginning. Then he ended up getting a pit road penalty. He went to the back. Um, we'll talk a little little bit more about Byron a little bit. Yeah. But Byron went at one point, it was two laps down and ended up finishing third in this race. (laughs) Um, so yeah, Hendrick, obviously really fast. Uh, Bubba, yeah, Bubba ran. He actually led nine laps. He, he came, uh, from 17th to get up there, um, mixed up with them for a little bit. Uh, Ross was up there for a while. Um, kind of bumping and grinding with some people. Chase Elliott, man, at at one point during stage three, I was like, oh my God, Chase Elliott's going to win this race. Like Chase Elliott was absolutely flying uh, late in the race. Um, kind of disappeared a little bit later on. Um, like, I don't know really what happened. It, it was like they had a, we had a bunch of cautions at the end. Um, so there was a lot of lot of pitch strategy going on. Um, yeah. So Chase kind of like started falling back a little bit. And that was a little, a little confusing because I actually kind of wanted to see him. We had a, a prop bet on him and I, it almost hit. Yeah. um but we, we played a plus 500 group bet on chase and all i had to do was finish ahead of ross and finish just two spots behind him to miss out on that prop um yeah who am i forgetting truex truex led 80 79 laps So truex i think for the most of the second stage i thought truex man i thought he had the best car um reddick was up there for a little bit so yeah i mean just like a, just really like a chevy and toyota show not a lot of not a lot of fords up there in the mix Joey once again sneaks out a a great finish without having like a a good car, just based on um, pitch strategy. Um, But yeah, I mean, overall, really, really fun race. I wouldn't say there was anything that I learned necessarily because I think it was about what I expected. To be completely fair, like, yeah, Yeah, like I there was there was nothing on my card that like surprised me. I guess I don't know. I, I don't know really how to explain. I played Hendrick and, and and JGR for a reason because like I felt pretty strongly about them, um, yeah. and they're like clearly ahead of everybody else right now like by a long shot. Um, but I guess so. Let's get to the ending, right? Let's get to the main main discussion here. Um, those last like twenty laps were were super interesting because you know Larson for a while like he was holding that lead and the lead wasn't diminishing. Like it wasn't like Denny was really gaining at all and then denny got around byron and started closing quickly and uh till about probably i'd say probably 5 laps to go at one point with like 5 laps to go i was like oh we got this like cuz obviously we had larson on the on the ticket um yeah. but he was up by like 1.3 seconds and denny still wasn't really gaining and then all of a sudden like he came out of one and two like a rocket with like four or five laps to go and made up like literally a whole second and like a turn and i was actually watching with my dad and my dad was like what just happened like wh- how did he get that much of a like a drag off of, of larson just all of a sudden um so at that point i kind of knew like at that point i was like man either any either denny was just, just kind of holding out like waiting for larson to, to make a mistake um or or it could have just been Larson. I know falling. Larson brushed the wall a few times. Yeah. Um so he and then obviously the
0: race. I I'm assuming that the, the spin out he had early didn't affect like you nah. didn't notice him like fall off that like, that was nothing. No, nah, he just, just...
1: he flat spotted his tires, but he never hit the wall or anything. So okay. um but obviously yeah, so obviously we come around that final lap there. We come off a turn two. Um then he actually talked about his podcast too, like he never really meant to make contact. He was just trying to take air off the back of Kyle's car, um, which is basically what happened. And Larson admitted it too. Larson actually talked about it on, I actually learned today that Larson has a podcast, did not know that. Um, but Larson actually uh, talked about himself saying like he was super loose. The back of the car kept getting out from him. He knew Denny was kind of closing. Um, and that last lap, he, he felt Denny take the air off of him. He hit the wall. And then when he hit the wall, he bounced off and came back into Denny's car. And then that was it. But, um, yeah, I mean, more more impressively, he saved it and still finished second. Like, he didn't just, like, trash his day. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, you know, from a betting standpoint, right, you actually sent me a message, was that Saturday night or Sunday morning, and you were like, hey, you know, do you really feel that strongly about, you know, Larson and Truex, or um, you know, do you think Denny, is it just because of the number on Denny? Yeah. And um, a lot of it had to do with the number, right, because he was, he was a pretty, pretty heavy favorite, but I just felt, based on practice times, I really thought that Larson was going to be the better bet there. Um, yeah. but I, I I think I told you like I'm still scared of Denny and you did I think you actually took Denny privately.
0: Um a little bit, yeah, a little little nibble at six and a half. I it wasn't a week where I put a lot of money on it because I knew I wasn't gonna be there to watch the race. Uh right. but a little bit extra money in the count, but um but yeah, I mean it's it's I guess it's good to see Denny get that win, right? Kind of similar to True X. It feels like this has been coming for quite some time for JGR. And it's like how have how have Hendrick been kind of dominating this much considering the speeds we were seeing. And some of the underlying stats, so um, yeah, it only reinforces everything that we kind of go go through. It feels like on a week-to-week basis, is when we're on these immediates, it's JGR and it's Hendrick, and then if you're kind of betting outright anyone else, you need some breaks to fall your way. It feels like because on a long run, like it's the five, it's the twenty-four, it's the eleven, it's the nineteen, sometimes the twenty, and maybe the nine. Now that Chase is seemingly back. Uh, the hopefully
1: four, sometimes the four, I mean, when we get to short yeah. track, like high tier short tracks, you know, the, the four comes into play there. Um, but more importantly, right. I think the more important thing is I actually told you when I texted you was like, it's more of a trust thing for me with Denny, right? Like how many yeah. times we've we been burned this year on Denny's pit crew. Um, yeah. And for the first time all year, man, Denny's pit crew came through on, on just about every stop. I think he had like one slow stop, but he made it up pretty quickly. Um, especially down, especially with so many cautions late for them yeah. to kind of consistently put him back on that front row um, or at least close to it, uh, was, was impressive. So, you know, we got beat by, a, you know, like I said, it, it kind of worked that trust factor back in. So now we can get back on the Denny train, um, and potentially this week, you know, we, I haven't put that wager
0: there yet, but I'm not against it. Okay. Yeah. So obviously plenty to talk about coming forward here. Uh, one of my favorite races or one of my favorite tracks on the entire schedule, maybe just cause we're local kids. Uh, but Darlington, obviously, one of, I mean, I, I would say if you put it on like the route, the Mount Rushmore, if you're like making a route Mount Rushmore, we've had a discussion on the podcast before of like your four like top tracks, the most iconic tracks. I think Darlington probably, uh, makes that list or is very, very close behind like Daytona, Talladega, Bristol kind of, et cetera. Um, so yeah, I'm interested to hear kind of what your, uh, what your breakdown is on the, um, on the track as a whole, kind of what makes Darlington, Darlington, uh, and then obviously getting into some of the analytical stuff with your model, some comp tracks to look for. And, uh, using what we learned over the last few months to maybe hit a winner, uh, in person here in South Carolina. So I'll drop it to you, Chris, uh, before we head to, into the odds board.
1: Yeah. So obviously this is the Goodyear 400, um, to kind of follow up what you just said about this being a quote unquote, like major of NASCAR. Um, I, I wouldn't say this particular race is, it's, it's typically the Southern 500 in the fall, just right. because it's at night, um, however, I personally like this rendition better because it's throwback weekend, right? So we get all the classic paint schemes. It's going to be hot and slick. And when I say hot, it's going to be real hot, uh, which I'll talk about that in a minute. Um, mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I, I personally, this isn't maybe like a major, but this is one of my favorite tracks to kind of watch. Um, but yeah, obviously it's in Darlington, South Carolina, which is about two, two and a half hours south of us in Charlotte. Um, so we'll be making that drive Sunday morning. Um, uh, so it's, Dawson Raceway, it's also known as the Lady in Black, the track too tough to tame. Um, those are our nicknames for a reason because this is a 1.36 unique intermediate track with high tire wear, very very high tire wear, and abrasive track. Uh, this is not a scenario. You know, you know. A few weeks ago, we've seen people come in and take two tires and try to last last it out in the front. You won't see that here. Like I mean, you, if you, if you're not taking two four tires, you're uh, you're gonna get lapsed by the field. Yeah. Um, so obviously, so f- I, I said the word unique for a reason. Um, it is a little bit of a different feel to this track because it's it's very narrow, it's very banked, and it's not, it's 1.36, right? So it's kind of in the middle of being like, it's not a mile and a half, but it's not a short track, like a mile short track. It's kind of in the middle. So it's kind of got that Dover feel to it in a sense. Um, so that actually is a track that iFancy Race lists as a secondary track option here is Dover. Um, the other two he'd as secondary options are auto club, which makes sense from a tire wear standpoint and then homestead actually. So homestead known for running that kind of high lane. Um, so, um, yeah, the guys, like you said, the guys that you know of that, like that high lane that like the hot slick tracks, this is a track for them. This is, this is why you don't really see many surprise winners here. This is another week where I feel like we've said this a few times this year, but another week where, you know, other than last year, right, where we saw Eric Jones win, um, I don't think you're going to see that again. It's, it's going to be a Hendrick car. It's going to be a JGR car. Um, you know, last year, Joey Logano found his way into victory lane. So it's, it's going to be one of these top echelon teams that's going to find victory lane. Um, so don't get too cute with your outrights, you know, play play two guys up top, you know, maybe some, and then fill the rest of your car with props. Um, but from a... So those are the secondary tracks. So I am looking at those three from a total speed metric and from an like, average finish, average qualifying standpoint. But from a tire code standpoint, um, this is kind of a big note, right? We're actually using the same tire composition that we use at Homestead in the fall. So the exact same tire composition, um, which also was the same composition used on the right side for Kansas, Fontana, and Vegas this year. So we've kind of got a lot of tracks kind of thrown into the mix here from a similar track metric. Um, and since they're all kind of secondary metrics and not like a main metric, I feel pretty comfortable kind of weighing them all the same. Um, but yeah, we're doing a little bit of Dover, a little bit of auto club, a little bit of homestead, a little bit of Kansas, Fontana, Vegas, which is good. Cause we've got three tracks from this year. Um, obviously I, th- I think it's an auto club and Fontana. it's the same track, but you get the point. Um, so yeah, a lot of different things being thrown into the mix here. And then the last thing I mentioned was weather, right? Um, I actually sent the text to our, our, group chat a little bit earlier today saying, Hey, I, cause we actually have some friends flying in for the weekend. Shout out Eric and John driving down to you guys in our group chat. Um, Eric coming down to, I think this will be his first non-road uh, road course he's coming to. So a pretty big weekend for him. But I told the guys, make sure you pack light because, man, summer is coming in hot already. It's going to be 94 degrees on Sunday. Um, I don't know what the humidity factor is, but it's going to be real hot. There's chances of isolated storms, just like you would expect from a hot, humid day. Um, so that track is going to be kicking uh make you know mix that with the abrasiveness yeah it's going to be real fun we're going to see a lot of comers and goers i feel like a lot of different strategies um so yeah from a schedule standpoint we got practice on saturday at 10 35 qualifying at saturday at 11 20 the race is sunday at three o'clock um and then yeah let's talk about the model here so obviously i'm looking at all those tracks i just mentioned um average finish average qualifying total speed um driver rating all those tracks and I'm bringing in Darlington for the last three years. That's the last seven times we've been there. I'm looking at driver rating average finish. Um, I'm looking at drivers over their career at Darlington. I'm looking at their average finish. And then I'm also bringing in just 2022 next gen data at Darlington. That's what I'm kind of weighing the heaviest here um, for average finish and average qualifying between the two races last year, total speed at the two races from last year and driver rating for the two races from last year. So that gives us the following model of Number one, Denny Hamlin. Number two, Kyle Larson. No surprises there. Number three, William Byron. Number four, Joey Logano. Number five, Martin Truex. Number six, Christopher Bell. Number seven, Tyler Reddick. Number eight, Ross Chastain. Number nine, Kevin Harvick. And number 10, Alex Bowman. However, since Bowman isn't racing, I'll read out number 11, which is Ryan Blaney. And what, for heck, I'll just read out 12 too. Kyle Busch. So really no surprises there, I feel like, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so um, yeah, I guess with that being said, we'll, we'll jump right in here unless you have any other questions about Darlington or the model or anything like that.
0: Yeah, no, I, I just uh, I, I'm very intrigued by the <laughs> hot and slick narrative that I've seen not only just from you, but I've seen a lot of uh, our friends on NASCAR Twitter kind of uh, discuss this topic and discuss this narrative. So as someone who you know, doesn't know a lot about NASCAR analytics and, you know, watches the races a pretty much a casual most weekends. Um, is there, is there something that like, is there a certain style of driver that you think that favors? What do you think that does for the, for the racetrack in terms of maybe some pit strategies? Um, if you could like just, I, I know it's, it's tough to quantify, um, this type of stuff. It's kind of, when I start talking about, you know, course conditions about places playing firm or fast. And, um, a lot of that is very anecdotal. A lot of that is very just based on your inside knowledge of the sport. So, Um, I guess what a favor you know, like dirt guys what a favor guys that, uh, you know, are good in the long run, like a Harvard or Bell that we know, uh, tend to really, um, Excel whenever, you know, tires start to wear down pretty fast. And I'm just, just kind of explain like a five, explain like a five, like the, the slick and fast, like narrative that I hear that we'll be hearing, I'm sure all about this weekend.
1: Yeah. I mean. To an extent, to it like in its simplest form, it's it's just like you said, right? It's it's being able to manage those tires on a hot slick track, being able to find the lanes that are going to give you the most speed, but also to where you're not, um, you know, you don't want to be you don't want to be coming in to the corners and sliding your tires and and quickly wearing them more. You want to be able to find that grip. Um, so I would say that it probably does favor the dirt racers, but not. I wouldn't say it's specific to them. I would just say that only because. Typically have tracks like this in this conditions, the high lane is preferred. That's where you're gonna find the speed. So that's the only reason why I say the dirt guys. But at the same time, you've got guys like I mean, you mentioned them, right? Harvick, um, Denny, Truex, guys that know Kyle Bush, guys that know how to manage those long, long runs. Um, of being able to find that speed when others are struggling to keep the car straight. Right. You like really? to see kind of, I mean, you can even use this weekend as an example, right. Even though Larson and Denny are two of the best at this Larson was loose. I mean, he was hella loose. And Denny, if you watched in his car, Denny's car was as like, it was straight through the corners where like Kyle, as you could see, like the back coming out from underneath, from underneath him. Um, yeah. So that's the thing that that's going to be actually pretty advantageous for us to be there. We should be able to actually see that. Like we'll be able to yeah. notice when guys are, are kind of losing that grip. Um, and, and hopefully Darlington is, is typically a track where we get long green flag runs um, and we get to see like green flag pitch strategies. And like you said, so yeah, being able to like the crew chiefs come big into play here too, of, of knowing when to pit and, and when, um, when they can take advantage of, of those, those long runs. So yeah, a lot of things can, a lot of things in play. I wouldn't say it favors anybody more particular, but I think you're right about like the dirt tracks, the high lane. that's going to yep. be more important. So yeah, um, Yeah. I hope that answers your question.
0: No, yeah, for sure. I just, yeah, there's no really wrong answer. I was just interested in more information. Um, and from what I'm looking at Saturday, I know there's scattered showers around this whole weekend. They're kind of always this in North Carolina this time of year. Um, but it does seem like there's enough of a window to get some practice in. So hopefully we have a nice long practice session. We can maybe diagnose some guys that, you know, have some nice setups as the green flag runs continue on. Cause I, like you said, I think that's going to be a pretty popular note this week, just in general guys that can, uh, make up ground as the race goes on um, with, you know, the expected green flag runs that we're going to have. So right. let's move on into uh, the outright odds board uh, because, yeah, I mean, we're going to have obviously some pretty uh, some pretty awesome discussions uh, with looks like 10 guys, 12 to one and under. So books seem like uh, they don't have a great feel, at least, uh, at least from the 10 to 12 range of who's going to be good, who's going to be bad. Uh, but there is a pretty clear separation at the top. The first three names, uh, three of the top five in Chris's model, including the one and the two. Uh, Kyle Larson, at least on the book I'm looking at, is the solo favorite here at four and a half to one. I know he opened as high as six and a half on some sites. I've seen a lot of people uh, with that action early on. I think you can still find him at five or five fifty um, post or pre practice qualifying. But right now, he is the consensus favorite on books. Denny Hamlin, uh, who was number one in Chris's model, uh, obviously winner last week, plus six fifty on the odds boards so are a good two points behind Larson there. And then his teammate Martin Truex Jr. in the 19 car comes in the seventh one. So. These were three of the names that you listed out in your preview. I'm sure you uh, don't have a lot of bad things to say about any of them, but if you did have kind of one guy that sticks out to you, one guy you'll be keeping the closest eye on as the week goes on, um, who who is the guy that sticks out to you early on a a Wednesday night?
1: Well, it's funny how this odds board has worked out because if we would have recorded our normal night uh, last night, these odds were actually flipped. Like Denny was plus five, Larson was plus six, and now it's plus 450 Larson and plus 650 Denny. And I'm actually, like, as much as I like both of the two, like, seeing Denny at six and a half, like, it. I really want to click it. Like, I really do, but I'm trying so hard to wait because I I don't want to be in attendance on Sunday and and not have somebody in the mix. So I do want to wait. You know, I'm willing to spend up to, you know, probably plus 400, plus 450. Like, I've got plenty of room in the budget to to do that. Um,
0: And we saw it last – I mean, we saw – I'm sorry to cut you off. We saw it last week, though. I mean, kind of the – the square play, just looking at practice and like, Oh, Denny was super fast. And all of a sudden, you know, he, he wins. So uh, I feel like it's been a couple of times that that's happened uh, both for and against us, but yeah, practice definitely, I feel like showed us a lot more um, particularly on these type of tracks as compared to maybe last year or the year before that.
1: Right. Um, So yeah, I guess, let me just talk about Denny for a second, just because Denny's stats here. He's the only guy really in my model that doesn't have any blemishes, so to speak. Um, I guess really the only blemish is his qualifying last year. That's like the only thing that he struggled at here. Um, But other than that, I mean, it is about as good as you can get at Darlington. Um, He is the current active leader in wins at Darlington with four. Um, He's also got a a pretty incredible rate of top five and top ten finishes here. Um, He's looking at 12 top fives in 21 races, uh, 16 top tens in 21 races. So those are just two incredible hit rates. Um, actually more impressively too, no DNFs. He has never DNF'd at Darlington in his career, um, which is (laughs) crazy. A drive rating of 108.1, um, you know, last year, if you look at last year, uh, average finish, he ranks eighth. Um, but in, in, total speed and drive rating seventh and sixth, I think that says a lot for kind of where we were last year at this point where like JGR kind of was like kind of up and having a little bit of up and down season, um, and, and. Kyle Busch and, and Truex were really the more dominant cars, but um, yeah, Denny is just pretty incredible. And then if you look at this year at these similar tracks, the comp tracks, uh, fourth in total speed, third in average finish so far at all these comp tracks. So yeah, Denny by far and away the favorite for me. Um, I, I think that's, like I said, if the plus 650 price, if that kind of holds, <laughs> um And and Kyle Larson just continues to get shorter. It's going to be harder and harder for me to not click that. Now, with that being said, let's talk about Larson for a second. The only blemish that Larson has is last year. Last year uh, was very bad for him at Darlington, but not necessarily his fault. First one was engine-related. He was done after, like, 30 laps, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, So finished DFL. Um, And then the second race... I believe he finished. So he finished 12th, but never really but he, had the car worth getting yeah, like
0: he also had to pull in the pits. I remember that too because yeah. it was the yeah. it was the playoffs and he was like on the bubble for like getting eliminated. Um and then he had engine failure. I don't know. I, honestly from what I remember that race, like I can't believe he finished 12th. I thought he would have finished like 30th. Right. Uh, no we had to pull it into the pits and lost at least a couple laps doing that.
1: Right. And he actually in that in that first race, um, he was actually quoted as saying like the car was hash in quotes, super good. It's like, he felt very confident before his engine blew up. And then that's the second one. Yeah. He, he had to pull it in. um, It looks like he pulled it under, pulled it into pit lane on lap 79 and then he ended up spinning later on in the race. So um, yeah, like other than last year, that's the only thing kind of that separates him or separates Denny from him. Um, But yeah, second average finish over his career at Darlington, Uh, fifth in driver rating. Um, He actually is a really good qualifier here as well. That's the one thing that Denny didn't have going for him, right? Kyle Larson, third in uh, ranks ranked average qualifying. But the more important stat here is, and I I saw you smirk as soon as I said it, the comp track being Homestead, the tire composition being the fall Homestead race. Dover Do what?
0: Dover and Auto Club too, not too bad.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like Dover, like he was probably the fastest car on the track before he got chest-aimed. Um, so there's a reason why a lot of people are jumping on him right now. I've seen a lot, of, there's been a few people I've seen tweet out saying like, this could be the Homestead fall race all over again for, for Kyle Larson. Um, I don't know if I'm ready to jump on that train. Cause that was, I mean, Homestead's always been a good track for him. Yeah. Um, but like, I would not be surprised at all to see Kyle Larson just an absolute force this weekend. Um, I do worry a little bit at his price already being four and a half. We haven't even seen Praxin qualifying yet, and he is a good qualifier here. So I worry that Bryce is going to get really unbettable, but that just means Denny's will get better. And that's, I'm fine with right. that. Um, so, but yeah, these two far and away the favorites. Uh, but, you know, you can't count out Truex either. Like, again, another good tracks for Truex. This could have been the breakthrough race last year for Truex. He was leading the race, uh, yeah. or maybe second, right? Maybe I think, I think Kyle, I think, I, think Kyle, Kyle ble- I think, yeah, I think Kyle blew up first. Yeah. And then Larson like blew a radiator on the same caution. Like they both, they both. Yeah, pulled
0: yeah. Ra- I remember that. Yeah, yeah. No, Trux, I think Trux went first. Because Kyle was, because t- that was one where Kyle was on the track and he started smoking the entire, and the entire fan uh, section just started cheering. Remember that? Yeah. I'm pretty, I'm pretty, I'm pretty it might've been Truex's caution. And then Kyle blew up <clears throat> right next. I, I don't know about all that. I just know that uh, they were, regardless. Know, yeah, yeah. Kyle was, it was there doing pace laps on yellow and uh, when Kyle blew up. Right. But,
1: so that's, this is what you call a, as as Ryan from Race would call it, an asterisk mark report because his two finishes last year do not reflect uh, how good his car actually was. He finished 24th and 31st in the two races. However, his total speed in those races, 4th and 3rd. So if, if you're someone who looks at just average finish, you're not kind of bringing the full picture here. Um, he's number one in drive rating over the last seven races here number two in total speed on the similar tracks. Um, and he also ranked number two in total speed last year. So, oh, and this year, fourth in average finish of the comp tracks. So right. very much, very much in play for Truex as well. Um, but the thing is, I've said, I think I've said this multiple times this podcast, I don't bet Truex before practice qualifying. I just don't do it. And I'm not going to do it at seven and a half. Like, right. dear God, no. Um, but like, you know, if Truex comes out and he is fast off the truck, you know, What's he going to get down to like 550 six maybe five plus five? Probably not even They're that.
0: They're not going to put Larson at like four and then Truex at five. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, if, if somebody's taking that much hold, like Larson at four, four or and a half, like next guy's going to be six and a half or seven. I would, yeah. I would assume
1: Truex would probably hold. You know, he might yeah. just hold hold serve here. So, um, yeah, it's, it's hard to separate these three. Like you said, like, it, I don't dislike any of them, I don't think you expected yeah. me to dislike any of them. Um, but I'm also not going to take a stance here early. If I had to take a stance, it's just how I have them ranked. Like it's yeah. Denny, Kyle, Martin. Um, yep. But I wouldn't be surprised. Like if I'm going to fill out this card with a guy from the top, it's going to be one of these three come Sunday morning. So,
0: yeah, no surprises there. Um, I feel like yeah, <coughs> I I feel like honestly, if if odds have opened and Denny was like seven and a half and Larson was five, like Denny would be the most popular guy on NASCAR Twitter. So that's just kind of how it works in our space. You got you. You mind the value where you can, uh, but I think everyone's going to have a pretty high opinion of the 5, the the 11, and the uh, 19 this week. So let's move on into maybe a more contentious range uh, where maybe we can look at some matchups. We can look at some fades and obviously some of our favorites, kind of from 10 to 12. I alluded to this earlier, but seven guys uh, listed from 10 to 12 to 1. Uh, So yeah, to Chris's point earlier, this is a chalk city week because after 14 to 1, it anchors pretty pretty damn hard. So we'll actually include the last guy at 14 to 1 here, but I'm going to list off eight names for Chris or seven names for Chris. Tyler Reddick, or um, I was right. Eight names. I didn't read the uh, the fourth guy here in the list. So starting with Kyle Busch, uh, the aforementioned Kyle Busch in a RCR car this year uh, at ten to one. Tyler Reddick also at ten to one. The first time we've really seen him, I feel like in some time, uh, be up in this top of Guys, uh, William Byron ten to one. Been a while since we've seen William Byron not inside the top two or three names on the odds board on a on a Tuesday or Wednesday. So that's relatively exciting. Christopher Bell, my guy, eleven to one. Uh, Joey Logano at 12, Kevin Harvick at 12, Ross Jastain at 12, and then Chase Elliott at 14. So I know I listed a lot of names. We don't have to go over every single one of them. Uh, I know we do have at least one bet in this range. Um, but let's just maybe talk about the uh, the three guys at 10 first, Kyle, Reddick and Byron. Um, I'll be honest, I don't really know why Kyle Busch is, is this high on the odds board. Maybe you can clarify that for me. I know Reddick has some good finishes here in the past, uh, in the forty in the in the eight car, I'm sorry. So it'll be interesting to see how 23 XI translates uh that speed he's 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 shown in the past and the Chevy. And obviously Byron uh I mean came second here in the spring race last year and uh been one of the fastest cars on oh no, he 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 was running he was running first and then uh. Got yeah, they got punted. Okay, so he was okay. So maybe the average finish or the finish. unlike
1: yeah, unlike Denny and Kyle, like he didn't get punted and save it. He got punted and finished right. Not right. good.
0: So. Um, but still, was a conditional win here just a year ago, and then obviously one of the fastest cars in the grid all year long. So let's start with those guys: Bush, Reddick, and Byron. Um, if you do have a favorite, if you have a guy that you uh, like me, are questioning while they're here or anything in between.
1: Yeah, I, I actually agree with you. Like I, I think this is another conversation. Similar to um, Auto Club, similar to Coda, where it's the debate of, is it the eight car and team Correct. or is it the driver? Correct. I think that earlier in the year, I agreed with everybody else of like, other than Coda. Well, I mean, I guess pre, pre-race, I actually did agree with everybody else, but post-race we were all wrong. Uh, but I think I, earlier in the year, I agreed with everybody else, like, man, that I think it really was more of the eight car rather than the driver. Yeah. This week, I disagree. Like Kyle Busch is decent at Darlington. I wouldn't say great. He's good, not great, but I think the car and the driver, or I think the driver was more important last year than the car was because Reddick has always been good here. It's, you know, no surprise, right? It's similar to Homestead. It's similar to Auto Club. It's that hot, slick, high tire lane track. So yeah. when you look at Reddick's stats, right, over his career, average finish of fourth, driver rating of eighth, uh average finish of fourth over his career, first and average finish over the two tracks, uh two races here last year, everything speaks to like driver, not car. Whereas you if you look at Kyle Bush, last seven races here, seventh in driver rating, 21st and average finish. Um, last year in general at this track 37th in average finish which we know that's a little bit skewed because of uh, the blowing up or whatever. Um, now he was 4th in total speed and 3rd in drive rating so take that for what it is but still over the course of the, I think that's more JGR like again I think that's more car related I think that's more JGR related um, and then you pair that with the fact that at the similar tracks this year Kyle's 16th in average finish and 10th, and 10th in total speed that's so in an auto club right do what? Yeah, that's kind of in the wind. Yeah, that's the win, Yeah,
0: yeah, uh, this shows how bad he's been as recently.
1: So, I think this is my first fade, and I think I might bet a limb here because I think there's a lot of people that are jumping on the Kyle Bush train this week. That's why he's priced up here because he opened, I think, at like 14 or 16 to one, and he's been bet up pretty big. Um, but I, I yeah, I don't see it. Like, I, I'm sure there's a Reddick and Bush matchup out there. Like, I would take the Reddick side, like, I feel pretty strongly about that. Um, so. Um, uh, now I'm going to talk about, I'm going to move past Byron for just a second. I'll come back to Byron. I have another fade in the same range as Joey Logano. Like it's not often that I fade Joey Logano, but what have we seen from Penske or the Ford's like to justify this? Like I get it. Like Joey Logano is good here. He was fourth in my model here. Um, I mean, he is incredible at Darlington. Do not get me wrong. But when you're looking at 20th in total speed so far in 2023, 22nd in average finish at the comp tracks, 16th in total speed at the comp tracks this year. Like, what have we shown to justify this price? Like, I know he's got an incredible history here, but if you're gonna if you're gonna base this off of a course horse, then are you gonna buy Eric Jones at uh what is he sitting at right now? Like 40 to 1 when he's been like a back marker. Yeah. Um so I know that I typically love the whole course horse narrative, but I I don't love it this week for Joey. I don't I don't really
0: this Sorry, this is the most like golf argument of all time. I mean, this is exactly what I talk about. It's Lee day. This week, pretty much, yeah, except for Joey's somehow shown even less speed than KH Lee has shown <laughs> recently. So, uh, yeah, it warms my heart because I mean, I'm, I'm pretty much like the ultimate fader of course history and golf, at least. I know it, it, might, it matters a lot more in NASCAR's because we have a usually a larger sample, um, and a better idea with how these cars are going to perform year over year. But, uh, but yeah, 100% agree with this. I mean, the 22 and the 12. I mean, have been as big of a disappointment as anybody in, in the grid for the last kind of month or so. So the fact that they're 12 to 1, and, and we, we're we going to kind of make the same case as I feel like – I'm going to make the same case for Redick uh, as I will – well, not really Logano, but um, like if of... – but here's here's my thing. Like if Logano's is fast, like we buy in. Yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like, but like he, his price isn't going to go that far down. Like from 12 to 1, he's already kind of priced it like – almost a ceiling like he's never really going to surpass like a Hamlin or a kyle larson or a truex on the odds board so what he goes from like 12 to like 9 or 10 um and i'm sure you'd be i mean we're confident that joey Logano can win a race um but he has to show something on the track in terms of the equipment he's in uh before we go behind in this half the odds board so yeah i love that fade that's one of the cool things about nascar is like you kind of get that that data point on saturday um and you know like like we said like Logano can obviously It'd be, it'd be no surprise if he's in victory lane Sunday night. Um, but I think he's going to, you would think he's going to have to show some speed, like on Saturday, like something's going to, we're going to be foretold something, uh, for the 22 card if be good. And otherwise, um, yeah, he just remains a fade. Cause I know you made some, some solid money the last, uh, few weeks paid Lagana. So, um, yeah, that, I guess that leads us to, I, for, so for Reddick, I'm guessing, cause obviously we're going to this race, full disclosure. I, I fully expected you to give the Reddick SJ, um, <laughs> But he, the thing with Reddick is it's kind of the same thing because, like, we we know Reddick's good at this track. It's just a matter of, like, how the 45 car is is at 23XI going to allow him to win this race. Uh, and, again, he's already priced at a ceiling. Like, we're not getting a discount on Reddick. He's not, like, 16 to 1. He's 10, right, beside, you know, probably the best car in like, one of the championship favorites right now uh, that we'll talk about here in just a couple of seconds. So um, I'm assuming, like, do you think reddick so if reddick like goes out there and he's like a top five car on saturday like is that a move you want to make or is, do you feel like the 45 is kind of destined for like a prop card for you
1: yeah this one's tough because like you said one we're going to be there so like i kind of want to bet him, Already um, this, bet him also, don't worry <laughs> yeah right so like you always want to bet the guys you want to root for when you're at the race but um yeah this one's tough this is a tough case because i think you laid it out pretty perfectly like He's, he's very good at this track. He's very good at the style of track. He's, he's shown that even outside of, of the eight car last year. Well, I mean, he's always been an eight, but like I think last year's eight performance was better than the previous year's eight performance. Right. Um, so, like, he's kind of always shown that, that promise. Um, he ranks very well for me, honestly. Like, the only blemishes he's got are his average finish and average qualifying. But, like, if you look, if you compare that average finish to his total speed for the year, it, it doesn't really correlate. So he like he's looking at twenty first average finish at the contracts tracks, but tenth in total speed. So like he's got the speed. I just yeah. don't know if like you said, I don't know if he has the race winning speed. But I think he's close. Like I I like I'm feeling more and more confident every week that I watch him. Like he is. It feels like he's constantly up there. Um. But to but to beat like can he really beat the eleven, the five, the like the seven, the nineteen? Like I don't know. So I think you're right. Like I actually am kind of looking at like. A top three or top five because like you can get plus two sixty for a top three, plus one fifty for a top five. I, I kind of really like that. To be honest with you, I haven't clicked it, but I do like it. Um, but that that would probably be a move that I would make. Actually, I don't know if that's true. I was about to say it'd probably be a move that I would make before practice qualifying. But again, I don't kind of like what you just said with Lugano. I don't know that his price would really change uh, if he was like a top of the practice board. Like I feel like the forty five car, like it's it's a tier below in equipment. So like how high can they really price it? So. Um, yeah, again, I think this is a kind of wait and see approach, but I do feel very high about Tyler Reddick of the guys that we've kind of already mentioned. Um, yeah. However, the guy that I've kind of left off and that I was coming back to is the only guy that I've clicked so far in the outright market as William Byron ten to one. Um, I don't really know what justifies this. Like, I don't know why he's priced alongside Kyle Busch and Tyler Reddick and Christopher Bell because unless you've been living under a rock this whole season, like William Byron has been. The best car, actually, I can prove it. I've got a number one in the total speed twenty twenty three column right here. Like he has been that guy, um, and kind of across the board here, like his stats speak very similarly about Darlington as well. Second in driver in last year, Darlington third in total speed um, at the comp tracks this year. Sixth in average finish, third in average qualifying. So like you know he's going to be up front, if not on the pole. Um, so you know the price is going to get shorter. So like this is a guy where I can see the market really flipping really quickly. This is unlike the kind of the other guys we just mentioned, this is the opposite. Like I could very, you know, if Byron and Larson are the top two cars off the truck in practice and qualifying, they're going to be the top two on the on the board come Sunday morning. It does not matter about Denny or Martin or any of them. They will be top two because they've been the top two cars all year. So when you want to talk about a market adjustability here, William Byron is kind of the easy, easy bet. Um, and then like you mentioned, right? last year spring race. He was later. He was pretty far and above the best car here. And he gets punted, literally punted. Like the people that are trying to argue that, that Larson got punted this week by Denny need to go back and watch last year's race. That was a punt. Like on a punt at William Byron. He didn't um, have to either. He was
0: so much faster. That's yeah. yeah. But yeah. That's, yeah, discussion for another day.
1: So yeah, obviously uh, very highly ranked in my uh, kind of model versus the board. Um, valuation here where he's third in my model but six on the odds board so you got a plus three advantage there um so yeah i love everything about the 24 car this weekend um and, and another point in his favor right we saw it this week at kansas i'd already mentioned it was he went two laps down still came back to finish i already forgot what i said what did i say finished third. third like yeah. i mean like that is unheard of like you, you don't just you don't just do that without being like a consistently fast car who who's to say that if if he didn't get that pit road penalty, like, you know, what well, if you... was a
0: late caution. Cause he was the only, he was the only guy that had uh stickers, right? That's what, yeah. I, that's what I heard on the, yeah. uh, on the radio. So like that, t- the 2014 was the guy past the 11 was just praying for a caution just so they could get one final restart with the, uh with the fresh tires. But. Uh, and that's, and that's
1: a fantastic point for this week too, right? Like in a race, it's going to be a grind. Like it's going to be, a, you're in it for the long haul. It's going to be a hot day. You're going to see probably a good bit of cautions. We could get a good bit of pitch strategy. If we do get that late caution, there's nobody I trust more on yeah. that front row or the That's front short, two rows than William Byron and Kyle Larson. So that
0: 24 short run speed has been crazy all year long. So yeah, you're You're right about that. Um, and I feel like, yeah, Byron's just kind of the forgotten son because Hamlin just won. Larson's been so close for so long. We know they're both good at Darlington. Truex feels like he's resurgent. Um, but if you've been watching for the last month, like, these are the four cars that have been best. Like we we talking about Hendrick versus JGR. What it's really been is the five and 24 versus the 11 and 19. Uh, Cause I mean, as much as I love Seabell, he's been <laughs> looking in as far as a winning from a winning standpoint, Ty Gibbs, not quite there yet. Elliot come back from injury and then Bowman, obviously got hurt as well. So these are the big four. And I think on like a, a track like this, that I think really allows the cream to rise to the top. Like it's, you know, if you're betting anyone other than these four guys, like you're really, uh, you're really, you're really, chancing fate it feels like you're at least you're like you're really uh taking on a lot of risk uh, if you don't have at least one or two of these four on the card so uh cool to get Byron, obviously great to get Byron trouble a double digits i should say um considering it feels like every week we've been like oh god i want to bet byron i'm scared of byron but i like this guy slightly better in the range and then suddenly comes along and byron leads 200 laps and you're like what the fuck was i thinking so um, yeah, hopefully we can get it done for us in that, uh, that retro Jeff Gordon. I think he's, he's riding like the Ruby red, uh, 24, which will be a, a pretty cool throwback. Am I wrong here, Chris? It's, it's that like, it's that
1: like burnt orange look car.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, I don't, yeah, I mean, you might be right. I don't know what it's called, but it's, uh, I, I, don't, I don't even know if burnt orange is the right way to describe it, but it's like
0: that. It's like copper-ish. Yeah. yeah. You know, like, you know, like like, almost like speckled metallic sort of like copper. Yeah. Uh, color, but yeah, definitely the. I like the throwback to, to obviously Jeff Gordon there. Um, and yeah, definitely the second best paint scheme, uh, in HMS, which we'll talk about the first, I would say the consensus first here once we get past 10 to 1. So, pretty, I think that was a thorough enough evaluation of Bush, Reddick, and Byron. We're about 45 minutes <laughs> in, and uh, we've gotten through thick drivers. So, let's go into <laughs> the 11 to 1 range, uh, 11 to 14, I should say. Uh, where my guy, Christopher Bell, sits at 11 to 1. I was able to find a 12 to 1 on another site uh, that I've already clicked. That was independent of Chris. I think Chris actually told me kind of not to do that, but uh, this is my guy. <laughs> the last time we went to a race, he won, so I'm going to bet him again. Uh, but Chris Bell, uh, sitting at 11 or 12 to 1, depending on where you look. Joey Logano, uh, to Chris's point, already kind of classified as a phase. We already talked about him, but he is 12 to 1 on this odds board. Kevin Harvick at 12 to 1 as well. Ross Chastain at 12 to 1. And then the aforementioned Chase Elliott. Uh, with that juicy red Casey Kane 9 scheme, uh, that should get a lot of dollars from the casual betters like me who just want to watch the pretty car go around the track. So, uh, <laughs> between Bell, Harvick, Chastain, and Elliott, those are the four guys we haven't really gotten a lot of airtime to at the top of the board. Uh, do you have a favorite? Do you have a fade? Are you lukewarm on all these guys? Or, uh, you know, if, if you were to put some dollars uh, into one of these drivers, where would you be going? Um, all
1: right. So, I wouldn't say that I have a fade. I guess lukewarm is, is a good way to explain it. Um, I guess the only guy that I'm not really, I would say maybe I'm a tad more than lukewarm on, and I, I know that you're going to hate this, but Ross Chastain. I do I do feel pretty strongly about Ross Chastain this week. Um, I do think 12-1 is a good number. I just don't want to waste too much of my budget pre-qualifying. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I feel like this was the case all last year with Chastain is like, oh, the track history is not good. And yet he's still like kept performing week after week after week. And I feel like even two or three weeks ago, you can probably run this back. And I'm pretty sure you can quote me or maybe both of us saying like, man, where has track house been this year? They really haven't been that fast this year. That changed very quickly. Yes. Um, all of a sudden, Rasha Stane is now third in total speed on the year behind Kyle Larson, and William Byron. He is first in the average finish at these comp tracks. Uh, for someone who's not known as a great qualifier, he's, now he's sixth in qualifying at these comp tracks so far in 2023. Pair that with sixth in qualifying last year at Darlington. So like I think he's gonna he's gonna qualify really well. Um, and third in total speed so far at these similar tracks, seventh in total speed and seventh in drive rating in the two races last year. So like yeah. man, there's a lot speaking the Rosh Testan language. The fact that you can get him at twelve to one over guys like Kyle Bush, Ty Reddick, Joey Logano at 10, 11 to one. Like I, I actually think that just Chast- Chesting should be ahead of them to be completely honest. Um, so if you want to get another guy that could really, I really think could move the market a little bit. I think Ross is another guy to kind of jump on early. Yep. Um, I know Ian hates that.
0: because is- <laughs> I'm not going to do it. Like I, I just, I'm at the race. Like I'm, I'm going to be one of those motherfuckers <laughs> that like is flipping him off whenever he, uh, <laughs> like like imagine the scenes when he wrecks like I it'll I don't know maybe I'm just in my own little bubble here but I, I do feel like he's kind of will get that Cowboys treatment like if he blows up. You don't think so? Not at all. Oh fuck me. Am he's I'm becoming
1: kidding? he's becoming like he's becoming actually ever more popular especially wow. after this week like yeah. the fact that he landed that punch against Gragson, people are now like like oh shit and now he's like more respectable cuz he actually backed it up for once. Um yeah,
0: no he I, had, I he he's like not 3000 pound security guard holding Gragson that. Right <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't know. Let's not get started on that. Fast car, like nice car though. I, I do like the UPS one, so that's like the one point I have in his favor. Um, but yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't really care what Saturday or your arguments look like. I'm, I'm not betting Ross game. <laughs> I, I told you over private, cor- private correspondence, like I'd rather just lose my money with the twenty. So that's what I'm going to be doing uh, instead of betting the one. I see your points though. Like he, he, he looks, he looks a lot faster. He that that one car showed a lot of life over the last few weeks. Um, and I do feel like maybe. Maybe I'm misreading it, but I, I he, he feels like he's kind of getting that Patrick Reed treatment that Patrick used to get in golf where, like, no one really wants to bet Chastain. So, like, he kind of falls down the, the, the list a little bit um, because, to your point, like, I, I don't really know, number one, why Byron's tied with, like, Bush and Reddick, but number two, like, why Chastain's behind those guys. Like, that yeah. was – those are the two names that kind of stuck out to me, um, kind of past 10 to 1 and being, like, really, that's where they decide to put him, so – um, I understand what you're saying. Obviously, I'm not going to be uh, the most receptive to your arguments, but maybe you can give some uh, some winning cases to some people that are a little bit less hard-headed than me. So let's move on to some other names here, because like you said,
1: we're 45 minutes in and I haven't talked. To, but to be fair, like this is probably the end of like exactly, yeah. the outright market anyway, so it's okay. Um, but um, let me talk about Harvick for a second. Harvick, well, I, I can kind of pair Harvick and Bell together, actually. Um, I, I kind of touched on them quite a bit in that, Intro segment about Darlington saying, like, these are two guys that I really trust at high tire bar tracks. Um, so Harvick has the Darlington history, very much so actually. Second um in average finish over the last seven races here, fourth in driver rating. But I think to me, and the numbers sort of speak to this too, kind of, I guess. Uh, he's seventh, seventh, average finish and tenth in total speed at the at the comp tracks. But to me, it feels like like yes, don't get me wrong. Like Harvick is going to be a guy that you see like late in stage three charging. Like, but to me, I think he's going to be charging from like twelfth to eighth. That's kind of what I see. Like, I, I think that he's going to be like a and, and he's probably unbettable at top ten too. That's the problem. But um, I don't think he has the speed of the intermediates yet. Like the short tracks, one hundred percent. Like if the next time we go to a high tire where short track i am on board like their short track package has been unreal but yep. the in, in intermediate package i'm not sure is quite there for race winning speed for shr um now for christopher bell it's kind of the opposite like he's had the intermediate speed sixth in total speed on the year uh eighth in total speed at the comp tracks but, but the darlington track record is not there like we're we're looking at 13th in career average finish uh 14th average finish over the last seven races 15th in, in drive rating um, at and over the seven races. If you go back and look at last year, um, third in average finish, fifth in total speed, third in drive this is Last year was by far the best year. So if maybe maybe we really did see that jump of like, hey, he's, he's finally becoming better and taking that step at this track. Um, qualified really well there too.
0: So it's kind of- Okay, so uh,
1: I do have a bet in this range, but it's not for outright. Uh, but this plays into factor for your- Outright play because I'm actually going to bring a bet on qualifying here. Um, Bavada right now you can find twelve to one on qualifying. That is absurd. That is that is, I don't I don't understand. Um, yeah. If so, <laughs> twelve to one for qualifying for a guy that so far this year at the comp tracks has qualified twelfth, first, second, second, tenth, Maybe. literally number one, literally number one in my qualifying model of the comp tracks. Love that he's twelve to one. So. Not only does that play into your number is going to get shorter, your outright number is going to get shorter. But let's win a money on. Let's 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 little win a little money on Saturday. Bell be double. Why why not? Why not us? <laughs> <laughs> um, I do have two other qualifying bets. I guess while we're here, um, okay. well, I'll, yeah, my, I might as well say both yeah. of them. Um, so I also have so I have half a unit on Christopher Bell, obviously, and I also have half a unit on Kyle Bush, actually, because I kind of this is more of like a this is more of like a just in case, right? Just in case it really is driver and not car. I think this nine to one price is actually kind of interesting. Um, So far this year, he ranks eighth for me in the model. So I would say he's probably pretty accurately priced, but I think the one that's the number that's most important is he hit the, he was on the pole at Dover and that's one of the kind of top comp tracks here. Um, So I do have half a unit on Kyle Busch at nine to one for the pole. And then I got a deep one. I know you guys. This is what you're here for, right? Sindric was our guy last year. Sindric was by far our guy. He is not our guy this week. Not at all. Not qualifying the well this year does not look good. This one surprised me though. Actually, do you, do you want to try to guess or no? Do you just want me to say it?
0: I have I have Josh Berry queued up right now, at eighty to one, but I don't think that's it.
1: It's not it, but that actually is a really interesting number yeah. uh, because Alex Bowman actually ranks. Uh, oh, actually, I took his number out. Hang on. HMS
0: 80-1 no... for a poll? Like, come on, dude. Like,
1: Yeah, that's pretty insane. Wow. Fourth, he uh, The 48 car, or Alex Bowman, qualified fourth at Fontana and 11th at Vegas. So, I mean, you're talking it's... right on the edge of top 10. But even better than that, qualified so far this year, 14th at Kansas, fifth at Fontana, fifth at Dover, uh, eighth at Homestead last year, and then 18th at Vegas. Uh, so that's the only really outlier there. Ranks fifth in my model, also at eighty to one, Chris Busher.
0: Hmm. Interesting. That is not a name I thought you would say. <laughs> that got not a guy, Buescher. not a guy that I expected to kind of see this high either.
1: But hey, how many times did we did this with Cindric last year? All we need to do is make that top ten. And he's already obviously made that top 10 three times this year. Um, so why not at eighty to one, right? We're throwing literally I'm throwing a tenth of a unit on it. Like it's literally and we're still you could still win eight units off of this. So um or not eight units? that's not good math that's uh no that's right yeah tenth of a unit at 80 to one Eighth, eight yeah it's eight units um so yeah obviously that's a super super long shot do not put a lot of money on that that's just a hey just in case right let's have a guy kind of deep in the, in the fold here so literally for a total of 1.1 units to win somewhere in the five to eight range. We're looking at Kyle Bush, Christopher Bell and Chris Buescher. So I feel pretty good about the qualifying. It's been a few weeks since we played the qualifying, but we've got a lot of data points. Um, so why the hell not? Cool. Um, so those are the only bets I've actually got so far. Um, I did not talk about Chase Elliott. So let me get to Chase Elliott. Um, to be honest with you, so I mentioned our group chat. We've got two guys in the group chat Join us for the race this weekend. John is a big Chase Elliott fan. It feels like we'd never bet Chase. I feel bad. I was really trying to make it. I was like, man, can I can I make this bet happen? Like, do I like it? Unfortunately, I don't. Um, but I, I'm not calling him a fade either. Like, I actually think 14 to 1 is actually a really interesting price. Um, actually, let me
0: look at him from qualifying. Where does he look at for qualifying?
1: 15th. Eh, not great.
0: 12-1. Yeah, I was going to say he's 12 to 1 to win polls. So I'm guessing he's not prodigious qualifier
1: here yeah he's qualified 21st 33rd and 10th this year um third at homestead last year but again that's last year so i don't know how much you quantify that um so yeah I, i don't like chase in qualifying he doesn't have the greatest darlington history um however the total speed this year, total speed metric, he is six at the contracts in total speed. And I mentioned earlier in the Kansas breakdown. Like at one point I thought Chase was gonna win this race. Like he was he was bad fast at Kansas and then just kind of disappeared there in the last like 20, 25 laps. Um, so although we might not be betting Chase outright, I can envision myself playing a Chase prop of some sort just because I think this year's different. Like I think last year the intermediates he really struggled at, but I think this year he's kind of shown a little bit differently to where like the, the intermediates have been quite good to him um, to the tune of that. He's actually fifth in average finish at the comp tracks this year, um, <clears throat> which are mostly intermediates. Um, so, yeah. so yeah. And also second at Fontana, which is another high tire wear track. Right. Um, so yeah, I don't know that I like the outright of 14 to one. I don't hate the price. I just don't know if I want to go there this early in the week. Um, right. So, but again, yep. similar, similar argument to Chastain, though. Like, if you're a fan of Chase Light, like, if, John, if you're listening to this, you, I know you're probably going to play this anyways coming to Sunday. Like, from a qualifying metric, like, his market should move.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So. It, it's just the problem is, right, that we just like so many guys. Like, there's so many, like, top tier options yeah. that it kind of feels like not a, not a sucker bet, but it's like I would just rather maybe pay the eight whenever Chase is like Chase you know what i mean i, I don't yeah. know um just to I, there's something to be said for maybe getting out in front of it but it, I, don't, I don't know if this feels like the track to to maybe yeah. go, just pushing back some, some of the past numbers you just said um so um but yeah obviously we'll keep uh, we'll keep tabs on saturday chris has only made one outright bet with the uh, the byron 10 uh, got a few poll bets there with kyle bush at nine Kusher bell at 12 and uh chris busher at 80 to one uh rounds out our saturday card there but uh, yeah obviously stay tuned chris will have a jam pack card. i'm sure we'll be at the race so he might be a little bit overexposed as will i um but uh but yeah so I, I feel like that was a pretty good show i mean i i know we cut off at literally 14 to 1 i don't know if i i, I would doubt ryan blaney draws a lot of images for you from you i'm seeing a lot of people just fade him blindly on twitter uh this week so i i guess that will be um something to watch out for some saturday times it feels like that Penske camp when there's not a lot of life for them after if they don't show speed on saturday they kind of just uh it feels like they're kind of ready to go home. So um, at least the 12 camp has been. So um, unless you have anything to add with the long shots um, in terms of some props, have at it. But uh, otherwise I think that's a pretty good discussion for the 10 names we got to.
1: Yeah. I think that I don't really envision myself going too far down the board, even in the prop market. I just feel like this is a cream of the crop kind of week. Um, Now I will call, I do want to call out a few names that did fare pretty well on my model um the first one just makes me so upset the first one's obviously eric jones is at 13 um because he's got a great Darlington history like you're talking 7th in average finish 10th in driver rating um 3rd in average finish of his career like his history is fantastic but then you look at the flip side of this of 21st in total speed this year and 23rd in average finish um so yeah that 41 price just does not make a lot of sense the fact that he's priced ahead of Josh Berry is is stupid, yeah. um, and well, Ty Gibbs for that matter.
0: 50, okay, I thought I Berry was like eighty to one or something ridiculous. I was like, I might just might just sprinkle on that just in case.
1: Yeah, I and to be honest with you, like if I'm gonna pick somebody like deep, deep, deep down the board, like it's probably Ty Gibbs at fifty to one, just because he's in the JGR camp yep. of anybody who showed life. Ty Gibbs has actually shown pretty good life. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. But again, again, like race winning spit, I don't know. Like, be, I, don't give me ideas, Chris. <laughs> We're already going to be so far in the hole. Yeah. already oh, yeah. Yeah, need to be sprinkling Tigers 51 outrides. Uh, uh, but let's see. Other guys that kind of rated out well. Brad is at 14, right behind Eric Jones. You know, we've seen Brad kind of showing speed here and there. Eighth and finish at the comp tracks this year. So Brad could very well be on the prop card, especially if we see – I feel like he's been a pretty – a guy that's been pretty predictable. Like when you see the practice numbers, it pretty much lines up. Like if he's bad in practice, he's pretty bad in the race yeah I mean, he's good in practice he's pretty good so that's a guy that maybe we play um austin dillon actually ranks up really well like a lot better than i thought um fifth in average finish over the last seven races here sixth in average finish over his career ninth and average finish of the two races here last year now again you want to talk about eric jones being bad compared that's to la- compared to la- that eight car austin dillon 29th in total speed on the year so far um but 14th in average finish so like I don't know if this is like a Joe Logano situation where he makes a little out of nothing off like a pitch strategy late. Um, yeah. But um, yeah, I think Dylan, if there's a track he's going to do it at, you know, him and Eric Jones, both like this would be the one where I could see them. It, it, it feels so weird to say, but maybe like they could potentially crack the top 10, but it's, it, I mean, you're going to be getting pretty heavy plus numbers of that or plus, yeah. Plus numbers for a top 10. Um, other than that, that's really it. Um, Michael McDowell, fourth in average finish here two races last year, but 30th in total speed on the year this year. So, like, uh, even even worse than the two guys we just talked about. Yeah. Um, so, again, like, I feel like everyone that rates out as, like, good course history guys or guys that were really good here last year just don't quite have the speed this year. So, I just, yeah, it's going to be hard for me to, to play anything past, past that, like, Kyle Busch. Um, well, I say Kyle Busch because he's rated the lowest in the model for me, but, like, yeah. Kyle Bush, Chase Elliott, Kevin Harvick. Like, that's probably the last, the furthest I go um, as far as down the board. So, yeah, we'll see. But as of right now, yeah, just William Byron in the tool shed.
0: I got you. One more crazy thing. Uh, I never thought I'd see the day in May of 2023 where uh, Christopher Bell and Eric Jones were matched up together.
1: What's the price? Bell's got to be a heavy favorite.
0: <laughs> He's minus 250 goodness but if, but if you want to pay for your weekend just uh maybe not a i don't know i'm never going to condone that because nascar is nascar but i just thought it was funny just scrolling down the matchups like they can't give us like they can't give us reddick versus byron but they can give us c bell versus eric jones at minus 250. if
1: we're going to talk about the matchups that we are getting right now like there are some favorable ones that would be but honestly i'm not a big matchup guy but like yeah i mean we've got byron versus bush like i literally talked about byron being number three my model versus kyle bush being Fourteenth, mm-hmm. um, and they're evenly priced. Both at minus one fifteen right now. Um, you've got Christopher Bell and Harvick, which I think, like I said, they're pretty kind of similar drivers. But I trust JGR's camp more than I do SHR at this type of tracks. They're both evenly priced at minus one fifteen. I don't like that one as much as the Byron over Bush. Yeah. Um, you know, Chase over Logano. Like, yeah, that's probably a little closer. I, I too. but yeah. but still like. There's there's some favorable matchups to kind of take advantage of. Actually, the more I'm sitting here talking about I might take that Byron over Bush. Like we're talking about minus one fifteen. Yeah. Like that might we might. I don't want to be too overly exposed on on Byron, but that feels that feels like one I might take.
0: Yeah, that just, that just feels like a good bet based <clears throat> on what we've seen for the last two months. Yeah, like I like I can't imagine another another track like going forward that like this would be minus one fifteen. Right. If that makes sense. You know what I mean. So it's kind of, it's, it feels like a little bit of put up a shut up time for the eight car because he's gotten a lot of respect. I feel like on recent odds boards, I, I could see him in two, or three weeks just being like 14, 16 to one every single week until that team shows something. So, right. All right. Well, that was, that was for Derek Oder. Uh, a little matchup talk for the last five minutes of Black <laughs> Hunt. Uh, but yeah, obviously stay tuned for, uh, on Twitter, for me and Chris's card. I've got my Byron Nelson stuff already out. So if you guys are interested in betting that, uh, that putting contest, uh, feel free. Uh, but otherwise, we'll see y'all hopefully at Darlington. Um, if anyone's there, obviously, we'd love to meet up, drink some beers with y'all. Uh, but otherwise, man, good episode. Like I said, we talked about 10 drivers, but that, this is the kind of discussion that like I'd like to engage in, just like head-to-head, guys at 10-to-1. Um, feels like a pretty no surprises kind of week. So, um, hopefully we can get a guy in the mix, and maybe cash a ticket come Sunday night, make for a nice uh, fun run with the boys. So, for me, Chris at FHP, good luck to everybody this week. And uh, see y'all next week.